take the opportunity today to say, I want to optimize my life. I want to feel fantastic. And I'm ready to take five easy steps starting today to have a better brain. Hello, welcome back and happy new year, my friends. Um, I hope everyone's having a great start to their new year. This week, we're going to kick off the new year with a good episode that's real in line with sort of new year, new me, new year's resolutions. Maybe some of you are hoping to be a little bit more healthy. I know that that is something that I'm not extremely good at and need to do some work on. And this week's podcast really got my brain moving on uh, that topic. I'm talking to Dr. Stephen Masley, and he just came out with a book actually yesterday called The Better Brain Solution. And essentially, you know, what Dr. Masley does is he try he does a lot of work in preventative healthcare and sort of all the things that we can do to prevent uh, illnesses and disease and diabetes and all these different things, as opposed to obviously we live in a in a system that is built to treat those things as opposed to prevent them. So he he really specializes in that. He's really passionate about that, and he wrote this book. Uh, which essentially breaks down the types of food, the types of exercise, the types of things that you can do to just function better and how much of an impact all of these things actually have on your brain and the size of your brain, the connections that your brain makes and just the general overall health of your brain and how we think of it a little wrong and the right way to do it and getting to the point and making an impact. And it was cool. I was very, uh, this is not like any interview that I've done so far, not like any guest I've had so far, but I was really pumped to have him on, talk a little bit about his new book, talk about his entire story, how he became a doctor, how he got into this sort of type of work, um, and what that took as well, the process of becoming that, and then all of his points. So that's it. I think you guys will like this one. It really got me motivated to try to be a little bit healthier and the impact that that really has on your life. I hope you get something out of it as well. If you do, make sure you check out his new book, The Better, the Better Brain Solution. Um, as always, leave me some good feedback. Go to the iTunes store, go to the podcast app on your phone. Let me know what you think. Please give me five stars. Tell me what you like about the pod, what you don't like, what you'd like to see differently. All of those ratings really help uh, where, we are, where we're at on the charts, trying to climb those charts, trying to be number one business podcast ever in the world, ever. Um, also, I do a newsletter now that I just started, ynr.la slash drama. If you type that into your browser, it'll take you to a sign-up page. You put in your email, and you will get my my, my newsletter. And I'm going to be sending what books I'm reading, what, I don't know, interesting documentaries. I'm always looking up new stuff and trying to take in some new information. And I'm going to be putting everything from the week on my weekly newsletter. So once again, the letters, ynr dot la slash drama you can sign up for that um and for all podcast listeners i do 40 percent off all full-priced items on youngandreckless.com with the promo code ssl that's it go to my youtube youtube.com slash drama drama i got a new show with my business partner and good friend d murthy called group chat we're talking about news we're talking about current events we're talking about literally everything and also i put up the videos from this podcast there thank you guys so much that's it for me that's it for the intro let's get into it Short story along with Dr. Stephen Mast. The 
hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You gotta just go for This it. is exactly what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Welcome back. We are back. Short story long. We have a call-in episode with a very, very special guest. A very smart and accomplished guy, also with a good story, who I think is going to be able to give us a lot of tips and tricks to better our overall performance. Dr. Stephen Masley, welcome to Short Story Long. I'm delighted to have a chance to be with you today. Yeah, thank you for taking the time, especially so close to the holidays, to to do this and to... Um, Share your story and just give us you. It sounds like you have a lot of really good information. That's what you and I were just talking about. Is I really want to start getting good at not only soaking in that type of information myself, but also sharing it as much as I can and giving people things they can actually do to make a noticeable difference in their lives. And it seems like you're full of that. And I love it. Yeah, I really like help transforming people's lives so they feel better and their loves are, you know, it just benefits all aspects of how they live yeah. and how productive they are as well. And one thing that I, I feel like with myself is like, you know, I grew up in Akron, Ohio and um, my family, I love my family to death, but my family doesn't put health uh, first uh, by any means. They don't put it, I wouldn't say top three, right? Like it wasn't, um, we weren't ever super encouraged to exercise. There was never a huge emphasis on a really good diet. And I think that also, you underestimate the power that those things have on your brain performance and on kind of your overall performance. So I think what's really cool is being able to package this information up in a cool way that doesn't sound like you're being sort of preached to, you know what I mean? And I think that it sounds like young people are more receptive to getting that information than ever. Do you, do you feel that same thing? Yeah, I think they want simple tools, actionable items. Okay, if I could do A, B, and C and I would look sexier... I'd be mentally sharper and I could get more work done. Okay, I would do I guess. Yeah. Just like, give me the stuff to do and I'll do it. Yes. As long as, you know, it's not too weird. Agreed. Absolutely. Agree. And not too formal. <laughs> like I feel like where I grew up, like you hear it from sort of this doctor that you don't not that you don't trust them, but it just sounds so like none of it sounds fun. You know, and it all just sounds like, Oh yeah, this is what I should do, but like it's just never packaged right, you know? Well, you have to make it easy. Yeah. It has to be easy to do, and you don't want to be taken advantage of either. And I think a lot of people today are getting ripped off by the food industry. They're being deceived, and people don't like being deceived. I agree. And people <laughs> are smarter like now than ever. They can trust and know what to do. Yeah. And they're so smart now. I mean, the fact that you can Google anything or you can, you know what I mean? I just feel like kind of the old ways of just taking information as fact because it was given to you by, you know, whatever, by a doctor or by whatever. I think those days are yeah. kind of going away and people are really digging around to find what the best answer is. I think is. it's good because in the old days it was just, trust me, I know what's best for you. Yeah. Whether they did or not, yeah. and we we're just supposed to follow blindly. So true. Um, so let's start by getting into your story. I know you have an interesting story. Where um, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? I grew up in Bremerton, Washington. Nice. Um, now I live in Florida. That's quite a shift. Yeah, that's a big shift. You and went to the warmer. Uh, I was warmer a very climate. active kid. I had ADD. I had trouble focusing. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to do too many things at once. I did decent in school, 
I was I was active in sports, and um, but here was something really unusual about my childhood. My uh-huh. dad was a surgeon. Uh-huh. He would operate. He was gone all the time to yeah. see my dad. Essentially, I would I couldn't drive a car. I was too young, so I'd get on my bike. I would ride to the hospital, and I'd go find him and talk to him, like if he could be in surgery or the intensive care unit. But fortunately, today what I did then was totally illegal now. But yeah. I could actually put on scrubs, go into the OR. The op, you know, the head nurse would let me in, and I would do a stitch or two on someone during no surgery. Way. And chat with my dad. Oh, well, now so cool. that's totally banned. Yeah. Thank goodness they don't let kids into the operating rooms yeah. or the intensive care unit or yeah. the emergency room. But um, but I had a very different perspective. So I, here was a child's view. I thought people went to the hospital and we tortured them there. Yep. Now, as an adult, I can think back and say, okay, someone had something wrong. We were trying to fix them. But as a child, it was like, are you kidding? You're going to go to the hospital? It's awful. Yeah. So I grew up literally wanting to be a doctor that would keep people out of the hospital. That that's was my cool. lifetime goal. That's really interesting. <laughs> and that's kind of what I do today. To it's interesting because one thing that I, I notice as I kind of have, am getting a little bit more used to like to getting these stories, right? Is there's always those early moments that sort of shape someone's perspective of how they go on to approach their career, right? And I think that like that early perspective of you thinking about it that way has obviously led to shaping like how you went on to even go with the rest of your career, right? Like it's really interesting how that works so early. You don't notice it when it's happening, but like it's shaped so young. And in medical school, when I actually got to medical school, mm-hmm. people did not have my background, so they couldn't even comprehend what I was thinking. Yeah. When I was, you know, when everyone was glorifying what went on in the hospital and the surgeries and the drug treatments, and I was thinking, why don't we just teach them to be healthy? They would look at me like, oh, why, you know, why would you even want to be a doctor if that's yeah. all you did? Yeah. Why do you think so that... it was like being misunderstood because of that perception, too. A hundred percent. I feel like that's a big sort of strategic issue, at least from my perspective. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, but strategic issue with the medical field in general is for some reason it seems like we're trained to treat instead of prevent, right? Do you think that that's because of like the pharmaceutical industry or like what caused that mentality? Well, it is. Doctors get paid to diagnose and treat disease. They do not, generally speaking, get paid to make people healthy, to make them more productive, to to help them lose weight. None of that is really part of what the training's about. The training is about making a diagnosis and coming up with a drug or surgical treatment plan. And 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 what we realize is that model doesn't work very well. Yeah. Much more effective is to focus on our lifestyle choices. That's infinitely more effective and less risky, (laughs) but that's not the medical model that I know um, it's out there in the hospital and doctor world today. And do you think that that's like, do you think it's majority just because it is an industry at the end of the day, or it's just a mindset issue? Or like, like, if you had to say why it is like that, could you pinpoint what your why you would say that is? Um, well, it, it it's how it's been. You know, originally yeah. we looked at you're in a car crash, you fix it. You have your appendix ruptured, you fix it. Yeah. You have pneumonia. I mean, that's a life-threatening infection. You diagnose it, you treat it. Yeah. But 
see, that's not the major. That used to be 100, 200, 300 years ago. That was the main thing we used doctors for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now almost everybody has these chronic illnesses. They're depressed. They have low energy. They have pain. They have cholesterol problems. Their blood sugar's up. They're becoming diabetic. None of those work with the diagnose it and treat it process. Yep. Yep. So it's a whole mind shift I think we need to make that most people's health issues today are chronic health problems caused by their lifestyle. And our old medical design doesn't work for that. Yeah. And do you feel like that it's making progress as a whole or, or we're still really, really far off from that mentality? Oh, <laughs> like, do you feel like a pirate? Today you know, like, do you feel like a, like a one man trying to change it? a huge coming out of me. As yeah, yeah. Yes. So on some days I feel optimistic that there's more and more people joining the movement to do this. And on other days I realize I'm still in a tiny minority yep. and I'm at such a small part of the healthcare system and that less than 10% of our efforts in our budget going going to prevent things that are preventable, and 90% of our money and our efforts are going to end-stage treatments. I yep. mean, it's still just wrong. It's just plain wrong. That's just crazy. Just um, as, you know, the food industry and the medical industry, you know, they've got kind of everything backwards from my perspective, but I'm just doing the best I can. Yeah, and it just seems so deep. It just seems like there's so much time and layers and money, and like we've been building it that the wrong way for so long. It just... And I think that it will shift. And I, I do notice, like, just in general, you notice, like, people being more health conscious. And you notice, like, a shift happening. But it just seems like there's just a mountain stacked of doing it the wrong way, you know? Agreed. Um, so on your childhood, like, one thing that I always ask, too, is, like, did you have did you have siblings? I had two younger sisters, yes. Got it. Got it. So you were the oldest. And would you say that, like, your whole life, because of your dad's profession, were you just sort of um, dead set on being a doctor of some sort, or did you ever sort of stray from that? Or what was your thoughts when you were younger about your, mm -hmm. like, goals? Well, by the time I was in college, it was down to, was I going to be like a, I I got heavily into sailboat racing and really? all things. I raced on sailboats, and I actually thought of going into being like a naval sailboat architect. How crazy! So that or medicine; those are the only two things I was really thinking of, to be honest. That is so. Crazy. When it was like that point, and I just thought I would, you know, just focusing on sailboat design didn't have enough meaning to me. It would have been fun. Would have been exciting. Yep. Um, you know, I even had the chance to participate in some America's Cup sailing races. Yep. That would have been awesome. But I wanted I wanted more meaning in my life. And I, I thought having interaction with people was really important. So, oh, so cool. I was um, hell-bent on being a doctor, I guess. That would be the fairest thing to say. Yeah. And did you, because um, you said that you were decent in school. Like, what would you say your average grade was? Okay. So I usually got A's and a few B's. Okay, that's pretty good. So, yeah. I just when you said decent, I, yeah, I was I've like, always, man, because whenever I think I've of doctors, I've worked hard. I'm, yeah, you know, so I worked hard and I've managed to do well in school. Um, really good. Yeah. Was there a lot of pressure on? Like, did your parents put a lot of pressure on that uh, on on you doing that, or or that's just kind of how you were built? I think they always expected. Oh, my my sisters and I, we were all expected to do well in school and succeed. Yep. You know. 
a bee was a failure in my household growing up. Yeah, that's crazy. So, that's good. But that's how I picture it. I feel like having a surgeon as a father would be tough because, like you said, you never see them. And, you know, to be a surgeon, like, obviously, you're, you're, a, you're a high achiever, and I'm guessing that you would expect the same out of your children. You know, like, it just seems like it would be like a, a very disciplined childhood. Oh, I think generally when you think about the doctors that I, families that I hung out with, that's pretty true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are your, did your sisters go into the medical field at all or no? Um, no, one of them went into being broadcasting, like anchor TV. Yep. That's very competitive though. Oh, and the other, I mean, they're both, my sisters are super smart. And the other one um, became a nurse and went on to public, did some public health training, you know, and I'm kind of the opposite in healthcare direction that my dad did initially yeah. for her studies area. So that's cool. Um, so then you went into, I guess here's the other thing. I don't really know much about it. Right. So the process of like, do you go to school and then did you know right away when you started going to college, I'm going to start studying, uh, medicine and you started right away or did you take a couple of years or how did like the college process work for you? So I went pretty much straight through the first, I mean, generally speaking, you go through four years of college, you apply to med school, you go through four years of medical school, you go to residency, and then you're a doctor. Uh, I I just started it in college, and I just, I got disillusioned partway through, Uh and I literally took a year off, and I was just going to leave for the summer, but it turned into a whole year. I went to Europe. I worked on a sailboat, of all things. Amazing. I was a sailboat captain in southern France Amazing. for a while. I worked in Switzerland in a ski shop. I traveled across Asia by local bus and came home a year later. And that was quite a transformation for me, because now I had a whole different perspective on the world. Yeah. And um, But my goal was still going to be a doctor, and but, I really, but it really cemented to me more the prevention aspect that i was not going to be the traditional average doctor out there today yeah would you recommend uh it's, it's a big reoccurring theme like would you recommend that sort of traveling like how much importance do you put on traveling for just general perspective and sort of mental health it's hard to have a perspective of the world in which you live if you haven't really traveled the planet yeah. i mean to me if you want to have an idea of the globe it's essential. I don't, you know, I think we all should learn a second language. We should all have experienced other cultures. Yeah. You know, the U.S. is a great place to be, but we're a small part of the planet. And I think there's a lot to be said for having more experience. So, yeah. and for me, it's always been valued. You know, it allows me to relate to people. The more experience you have, when you actually come down to it in the end and you're having a conversation with someone new, whether it's, you know, a patient comes to see me, can I relate to them? And the more experience I have, the better I can relate. So it's, I think it's super helpful lifetime to have that kind of experience and background. I agree. I almost wish it was like necessary. Like I almost wish like after high school, it was, that was uh, something you had to do. You know, I just feel like a lot of the issues, especially that we have now of like some of this closed mindedness and like the fear that's causing some bad decisions, I think comes from just the lack of seeing other ways of life and sort of the empathy for yeah. the rest of the world and the, you know what I mean? The bigger vision a little bit. Yeah. Well, 
if everybody had lived and worked in a Muslim country, we would have a much better exactly. understanding <laughs> yeah. of them. It wouldn't feel, you know, it doesn't, I don't have this enemy mentality yeah. by any stretch. You know, it's, um, it's just different. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, it gives you the ability to un- not just know where a country is, but to actually understand who the people might be. And I think it's a lifetime benefit to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so then you came back, like, would you feel like what it sounds like is kind of, you just were feeling a little like, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't resonating with you the way that you thought it would. You took the year off and that solidified what your niche was in medicine, right? It wasn't just medicine. It was like, what is your purpose with inside medicine? Is that how it felt to you? Like it just realigned you with your real purpose? Yeah, it realigned me in a way that I, it confirmed what my impression was as a kid. Yep. It was more realized by having gained experience. And, you know, during that time, I actually was, you know, exposed to hospitals overseas. And so, yeah, so by the time I got through, went through medical school, I took an extra year of medical school and actually spent a whole year working overseas. Switzerland, Kenya, India, Australia, oh, that's cool. um, Guatemala. I mean, I worked in different countries as a fifth-year medical student yeah. trying to further expand upon that. And it was really insightful. That's so it cool. was awesome. Um, so then when you, you came back, you finished, and then what do you do, you know, what's step one after that? I tried to get a, so I came back, finished, med- went on to residency, and I tried to get a job as a regular doctor. Yeah. But I never really seemed to fit that. Re- <laughs> you can imagine from that history I just gave you. Yeah. I had trouble wearing those shoes. Yep. Yeah, it was a challenge, and so you just—it just so it's yeah, taken you... me a while to figure out to think. And what it's done is helped me think outside outside the box and create new systems and new ways of doing things yep. and new ways of offering care. And so, what do you um like? I guess what I what I what I'm trying to wrap my head around is when was the first time after getting the education that you felt sort of like, okay, this is right. Like I'm headed on the right path of what I want to do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, was it, so like, if you, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you started by just being a normal doctor and you're like, ah, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. Like when did it start? Yeah. To like click? for example, trying to see 30 to 40 people a day. Remember I said my goal going into medicine was trying to help prevention to treat yeah. You can't see 30, 40 people a day and try to prevent and improve health. Yep. I was focused on quick diagnosis, quick treatment next. Yeah, yeah. That's not really very preventative. So what really changed is somehow, I don't even know why they let me do it, but I offered to take like 20 of my sickest patients at a time. Yeah. They either had diabetes or heart disease or cognitive brain problems. And I would see them, I'd see 20 of them at once, and I'd spend two hours with them, uh-huh. a group visit. I was like one of the first physicians in the country to offer group visits That's to see crazy. patients. Yeah. And we tried that model, and it was incredibly effective that you could have two hours with a group of people who had the same issue. So I was kind of thinking outside the box, let's try something totally new. Yeah. Let's try if we could make a change. And... Wow, and now, you know, thousands of doctors offer group visits, but it was, it was transformational. Yeah. And, it, and by having that chance, that opportunity with people as a group, 
suddenly I had better results than I'd ever had before. I had patients with diabetes who got off their meds and had normal blood sugar. They were having heart pain and heart problems, and they didn't have heart problems anymore. We reversed it. So that was a transformational moment. And since then, I've really been focusing on, and I've tried, here's my new goal. How do I make it easier and easier to take steps to transform your health? Yep. And that's what I'm really focusing on today. How do I make it easy for people to change and have incredible health, feel fantastic, and be more productive than they've ever been before? Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and then I guess my question here, too, this is a little like sort of, I don't know, maybe stupid question, but I guess what was the road to feeling like you were doing exactly what you wanted to do and financially you were secure with that, whether it was the TV stuff, whether it was a book, I don't know how that went, right? But like, at what point were you like, man, I'm doing 100% of what I want to do? Or do you still not feel that way? I think when I did those group visits, that yep. was really yep. the first moment. Yep. That I was, I had a block of time. No one was telling me, okay, you only have 12 minutes and we're bringing, to, you have to go to another room. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have that anymore. Yeah. And I could talk about what it, I was able to focus on what do we eat? Do we meet our nutrients needs? Are we active? Do we manage our stress? Are we avoiding toxins? Those have been kind of my five pillars ever since. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I took that and then I wrote a book with it. Well, a book was in another way transformational because writing a book suddenly everyone thinks you're an expert and the yeah. truth is i didn't know any more from writing the book yeah yeah but now i had a book my first book to help promote that that's so cool and then did that lead you on to like like doing any speaking and stuff like that like into that new world or, or not really it did because once i had a book you have to go out and promote it i mean yeah. i I self-published my first book. I was doing like a talk every week somewhere, some community, a library, a bookstore. I was out trying to talk people into changing their lives. Yeah. And it was a passion. That's so cool. I have to admit it. And it did make a difference. I was starting to get, you know, emails and calls and things from people and, um, yeah. So now I started to believe and, you know, and it gave me the experience to realize, well, you don't actually have to see a patient one-on-one to change their life. You could write this up, and thousands of people could actually follow what you suggested, and you you did it just by writing them a book. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool, man. And then... Yeah, how do you spread your message on a large scale? Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's... It's just cool. I'm just very jealous of, like, the feeling that that you must get from doing something so meaningful... Um, and really starting to, cause like, let me say this, I have done, uh, TV shows and I've done a clothing line and I've done cool things. And I, I think that the feeling of an idea clicking with a lot of people is one of the best feelings in the world, but I can't yeah. imagine such a meaningful thought or a meaningful plan or, you know, and when you really see that clicking and you, I'm sure that you've gotten obviously tons of people writing you or people coming up to you or whatever saying that you changed their lives. I mean, that just must be such a cool feeling, you know? Well, like in our office, there's like crazy things that happen. We had a guy come into the medical office. I've never met him, him, never seen him. Mm -hmm. He comes up and he comes, goes, I just want to leave doc. I want you to take a picture of me and show it Dr. Masley. Uh And so he's wearing two pairs of pants. 
One pair of pants, it was like a 50-inch waistline. Yeah. And underneath it, he's wearing another pair of pants, which was like a 35-inch waistline. Oh, man. And he pulls the pants out and goes, this was me before I read his book. And he lets the pants drop. And he goes, now here's me since I read it. Ah, and it's like, that's incredible. my staff come running into my office and they go, you've got to come talk to this guy. Oh, man. <laughs> that just has to be the best thing ever. That's so cool. It, it was just amazing. I mean, that's just kind of an amazing thing to realize you could have that big an impact on someone's life. Yeah, yeah. And then what led to doing TV? So, I ended up with a job at the Pritikin Longevity Center. It's kind of a spa. People would go there to lose weight, try to, you know, treat their heart disease, diabetes. And I got invited to do a stint on the Discovery Show. Yep. They were looking for some physician who could come up with a plan to make 10 years young, take people 10 years younger. And um, they were going around asking, okay, if people followed your recommendations, how much younger would they be? And I said, well, because I used to have people with diabetes and heart disease, but I had their spouses come too. And I actually, they were oftentimes my patients, and I measured the result in a healthy person so I had a program designed to reverse heart disease, diabetes, memory loss. Yeah. But the truth is I had some healthy people following it, and the average person following it with their spouse who had a problem was literally 10 years younger. So yeah. I said, well, if people followed my program, they would be 10 years younger, and that's what they called this Discovery Channel show. I mean, and so that was definitely a breakout moment, being on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, and, the, and, um, and five, you, you had to notice yeah, that, five right? five one-hour like... programs. That's so cool. And did you notice that taking everything to another level? You know, just kind of taking your general awareness. Because now you have all these publishers calling you and saying, hey, we'd like you to write a book called 10 Years Younger. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's so cool, man. What, um, if, was there any book that was like the big, the big success? You know what I mean? Like, was there one? The next big jump was probably when I wrote Heart Tune Up, the 30 Day Heart Tune Up. Yep. And we had a program on my group. I was in this mastermind group, you know, people challenging each other. How can we do better? How can we think up new ideas? And their suggestion was I should be on public television. I didn't know how, what, or how you do that. Yeah. But I had a good program. So I said, okay, I'll go on public television. I didn't realize I'd, you know, it'd be, you'd have to be in incredible debt to put together the money to do a show like that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but 5 million people watched that show. Oh, man. It changed tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people's lives were changed from watching a one hour show on public television. Yeah. Cause I really put the nut and, you know, what are the four steps to really tune up your heart and prevent heart disease and feel better, you know, have, more energy, improve your sexual function, because that's part of circulation. If you help yeah. your heart, it's good for your romantic function, too. So yeah. all those things suddenly got better. <laughs> yeah, that was another leap point that ah, made a big difference. So cool. Um, career-wise. Um, would you say, like, when you look at sort of the way... It just okay. I, this this might be hard for me to even um, to ask properly, but like it seems like to someone like you, the way that most people live their lives must just seem really stupid. 
right? It must just seem like, man, this is so easy. I think they're following the standard American diet and the standard American lifestyle. We've glorified it with all these TV shows. Yeah, you're right. And they think that's normal. And so we've lost what I would call mindfulness. We're not mindful of what we could or should be doing. And most people don't realize that they're 10 to 20 years older than they should be on the inside. Most adults. You know, in your 20-year-olds, if you're a 20-year-old, you're not that much older, maybe five years old. Well, that's not true. I have actually data from overweight um, 16 to 20-year-olds, and their average artery age is almost 40 years old. That's insane. So if you actually look at those, you know, young adults, especially young adult males who are obese, you know, very overweight. Their arteries are 20 years older than they should be, and they don't realize it. Yep. Yeah, that's so insane. It's not just the weight. It's on the inside, too. Yep. So I think the disconnect is people think this is normal. Think about it. Two-thirds of people today are either obese or very overweight. Uh-huh. And of the one-third that are normal, about a third of them are only normal because they have cancer or something and yeah. they can't eat. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a normal weight person, you're like abnormal. Yeah, that's me. I'm skinny. I can't gain a pound to save my life, but I feel like my insides look like I'm 80. So our challenge is <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge disconnect. And people don't realize they can have so much more energy. All their friends are tired. They're worn out. Yeah. They don't realize they could be mentally sharp, more productive, sexier looking, fitter looking. You know, they could feel so much better. And there's this huge disconnect. Yeah. And so in some ways in our 20s, I think we just slide by. But by 30s or 40s, it starts to catch up with us. And by 50, 60, you're old yeah. on the inside. You're just plain old. Is there any point when it's too late? Like, can a 60-year-old still do an overhaul? Oh, yeah. An 80-year-old can still do an overhaul. I mean, honestly, it's never too late. Yeah. that's. We actually have good data showing that if you take an 80-year-old and you get them active and feed them good food, their their brain actually starts to grow again instead of shrinking. But they can get fitter. But the challenge should be starting when you're never too young to get better and reach your optimal performance. Yep. So to me, I'd love to get 20 and 30-year-olds taking following my program so they're mentally sharper, yep. quicker, more productive. They're happier. They don't have depression. They don't have anxiety. They sleep better. Why not wake up feeling awesome every day? Yeah. And, you know, if you ask them, do you worry about heart disease? Well, no, they don't worry about it. It's too far off. But... They should worry about, are you performing as well as you good? Are you as mentally sharp as you should be? Yep. Are you as sexy as you should be? Yeah. Well, that should get their attention, and I'd like to help them improve all of those things. And then when they hit 50 and 60, they won't need a doctor. They won't have any health problems. They'll yep. be in awesome health. Yeah, that's what I love. The part that I really love um, for me personally, and I think for a lot of my audience, is like the, the performance aspect and i just don't think it's something that's like widely enough talked about and for me like i'm an extremely ambitious hard-working guy i always have been but i have not put the proper weight on or the proper importance on health and what that does to your brain and what that does to your overall performance and i think that 
a lot of my listeners are probably the same, right? They all are kind of chasing this passion of theirs. They're trying to get educated. They're trying to learn how to start a business. But I just don't think that myself or the majority um, are putting enough emphasis on the the health aspect and what that that ripple effect that that causes through everything else in your life, right? You know, just if your if your brain's working better, if things are clicking better, everything's working better, and that's just something that I really Absolutely. my goal moving forward at thirty one is to really try to make massive progress in that area. You know, it's just it's clicking how important it is to me, and it can impact all aspects of your life. Yep, yep. You know, I think. Younger, I would think younger folks are most often thinking, I don't have to worry about my health yet. Um, but they should be because they're aging on the inside yeah. and, and and they don't feel as well. They're missing out. And they, here's the, I think the biggest clue is when I have younger adults try this, they'll often say to me, I had no clue I could feel this good. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> they're what's They're so crazy. used to feeling lousy from eating junk. That they had, you know, it's like they're putting dirt in their car gas every day. And the car runs, it's running, it gets into work, but it's like it runs terribly. (laughs) The car's awful. And they have no clue that that car could actually be like, you know, this souped up engine that runs fantastic. And they're just clueless. (laughs) Ah, So cool. I I just love, I love that idea. Like the idea of getting to like optimal performance. I just think it's really cool. is there any moment, do you have one moment other than the guy with the pants in your office, is there any moment that sticks out to you as like kind of the craziest moment or the most shocking moment of impact that you've had on a person? Oh, I've had hundreds. I mean, I can't tell you how many people who've come to me frustrated. They tried everything. They couldn't lose weight. They felt terrible. And I said, just try this for a month. Just try it. 30 days. Come on. I'm yeah. working. You got to lose. Yeah. And they try it. And wow, they'll come back and say, I'd forgotten how great I could feel. Thank yeah. you for giving my life back. I mean, I've had hundreds of people say that to me. And that, I mean, I work really hard. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I am busy. Obviously, yeah. I've got like two full-time jobs. Yeah. And that's what really makes it worthwhile to me yep. is to hear those kind of stories from people. You know, for someone who is like in school about failing and depressed and about to drop out of school and take some, you know, terrible job and realizing because they couldn't think straight and they couldn't get their work done and they felt like they were just a failure and to realize... I can feel fantastic and I can do anything and I can compete with anyone. Yeah. I mean, see, that's life trans. So in a young person, it's like life transforming. You just change their whole future. And in someone who's maybe 50, 60, it made me like, you just saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just, yeah. So depending on how old you are, it has a very different impact on how it affects you. Yeah. It is just so cool. It's so cool. Um, Okay, I want to get into some of. I have these questions from about the the Better Brain Solution. Um, that's your new book, right? Yes. Um, and Better tell Brain me, Solution. Yeah, and tell five me five easy steps to be mentally sharper, quicker, and more productive. Got it. And did that come from you know, like I guess, how did you come up with this topic after all the books you've written, all the stuff you've done? Like, what what led you to say, you know, what this is the one that I need to do? So in my clinic, I assess now, 
my new job, <laughs> last 10, 15 years, yeah. I assess people how they age. I look at their nutrition intake, their fitness, their stress management. Do they meet, get the basic essential nutrients they need? I assess their lifestyle, and we measure how they're aging, how much plaque they're growing. I measure brain processing speed. It's like measuring the speed of your computer. Well, I measure people's brain speed. I measure their memory and their ability to focus. And we've published on this. So we've looked at, you know, almost over a thousand people now. And I can tell you which nutrients, which foods, which activities improve your brain performance. And we have now more recently started looking at, okay, in our hundreds of patients that have had a dramatic improvement in brain performance, brain processing speed, memory, um, function, what predicts that? And so we've created five steps based on our data. And we've used that, and we've done, and we've known now the average person following my program will be 25 to 30 percent mentally sharper. I mean, it's literally like you give someone a brand new computer that's super fast when they were used to using a computer that was old and sluggish. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's totally transformed their productivity. Yeah, that's insane. What are the five steps? The book is all about. It is a better brain solution. It's what easy steps could you make that would speed up your brain, make your memory better, and it also makes you look better and feel better. Yeah. It helps prevent heart disease. You know, it's not just the brain, but the brain is really the emphasis of this book. And actually, it's the biggest health problem we face today. I mean, memory loss is the number one most expensive disease today. Yeah. Yeah. It's increasing faster than any other disease. And depression and anxiety are, you know, they're having a terrible impact on young people as well, as well as low productivity. So, I mean, I think it's the most important health crisis we face. And I think we have a simple, easy-to-follow plan to make a big difference. Do you have any um, opinion on, like, the whole phone, social media leading to depression, anxiety sort of debate? Well, not, I guess it's not really a debate. It's more just more and more people, I think, are realizing that that's happening. Um but does that come across your sort of desk at all, or, or is that not something that you really get into? Um, yes and no. I mean, I look at be so to me. I think food is a bigger factor than whether we use a cell phone or not. Yeah, what yeah. you eat. Yeah, whether you turn on the radio or not doesn't have nearly much difference on how your car works. It's what you put in the gas tank. Yep, yep. <laughs> and if you got dirt in the gas, it's not going to run well. True. So yeah. I would say the food is like nutrients is like way up there. Yep. And taking your car for a spin, taking your body out and being active is way up there. I would say, you know, um, there are some controversies about cell phone use and all this. And, um, and it, maybe it is shortening our attention spans with all these short programming segments they have. And yeah, yeah. when you look at the average time to watch a video now, it used to be an hour and then it was 30 minutes. Now we're down to like three minutes. Oh, it's if it's insane. more than three minutes, people are like, forget it. I can't watch that long. Yeah, it's crazy. So, but those are, I, I would say that pales compared to the other real, um, I think, critical parts. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. What um You mentioned foods. Like, what are just some of the key foods that really make an impact on brain function? Because that's just something that, I don't know, man, even I don't think I put enough emphasis on how much of a, how much you can affect your brain function by the types of foods you eat. You know, like you just don't think that way. 
Uh, well, we should, because we know. are what we eat, I but know. you're right. Most of us don't think that way. I think yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. But let's look at just like three categories of food. Um, if I, you know, there's smart fats, there's um, plant pigments, and there's like spices and herbs. Yeah. So if I look, plant pigments, number one. I mean, let's just take an example. If over your life you eat one cup of greens every day versus none, the person, you know, as you get 40, 50, 60 years old, your brain is 11 years younger if you just eat one cup of green leafies a day compared to none. 11 Jesus. years. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a whole to lot. To think that that small difference in food would make that big difference in your brain. Yep. It's not that hard. You could eat broccoli or Brussels sprouts or kale or spinach or something. Yeah. Gotta eat something green. I mean, come on. It's, we could do that if it's going to make a big difference in your brain function. Berries and cherries and more pigments that really protect your brain and lower inflammation and damage to your brain. Cocoa, dark chocolate. They do too. Not milk chocolate. That's just candy, but dark chocolate. Um, green tea, especially matcha green tea has pigments that are really good for your brain. Uh, you know, just, you know, so those are just example of plant pigments we really need more of. Beans and, you know, black beans and red beans, like black bean soup or chili. I mean, the, again, pigments that are really healthy for your brain. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, just as one example of foods you could add that make a big difference and are not that hard to add. Yeah. And and you cover all of those in the book, right? As well as all the five steps. And this is all like broken down in the book. It's all broken. Well, recipes, food, how do you buy them? What could you eat? How much do you need? I mean, just, you know, the amounts, how often, and it makes a huge difference. And then I think there's this terrible misconception about fat. You know, for years, we talked about a low-fat diet. We now know if you add more nuts and you add more extra virgin olive oil, yeah. it actually improves your cognitive performance. They did this big study and they looked at a they randomized people to a low-fat diet, the standard American Heart Association low-fat diet, or more fat from olive oil and nuts. And, I mean, lo and behold, the people eating more nuts and olive oil, their brain cognitive function improved, and they had less cognitive decline, and people on the low-fat diet had more cognitive decline. I mean... Hello. Yeah, that's a man. How crazy. <laughs> we should be eating these fats because our brain is 60% fat. We need, and a lot of people don't realize our brain is 40% long-chain omega-3 fat. That means seafood fat. That's like fish, shellfish, seafood, seaweed. And if you don't eat them, I mean, you're, you're just taking out the 40% of your brain. So it's, you know, like eating wild salmon or mussels, clams, oysters, seaweed or take a um, you know omega-3 fat supplement a pill yep. again it's not that hard to do but it makes a huge difference in our um, in our performance every day and our long-term health yeah and what about obviously physical uh, exercise is a massive piece of this puzzle but is there like is there any misconceptions there or is there any like type of exercise that's better than the next or anything like that well, the data from our clinic showed two things really clearly. One, aerobic performance speeds up your brain. And it's not your minutes. There's this conception, okay, you had to work 30 minutes a day or something, right? Yeah. Minutes were irrelevant. It all comes, and it does take minutes to get fit, but it comes down to how fit you are. If you can run fast and get your heart rate up and handle that, you're aerobically fit. And the yeah. more aerobically fit you are, the faster your brain processing speed. Yeah. Very powerful. And 
independent of that, muscle mass, strength, also helps your brain. So you really want to be aerobically fit that you can huff and puff and really push it, but you like interval or burst training or something like that. But you also need to do some strength training that building weights helps with blood sugar control and really helps build your brain. So we need both. I think for 100,000 years, we've had both in our activities. And it's only the last couple decades that, you know, our activity levels have really plummeted. So it's just so important to get that back if you want to have look great, be fit, be sexy, and have good brain performance. Yeah. Once again, man, who would have thought that, like, strength training would have any impact on cognitive function? You know? Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's you know, I think, yes, people knew, okay, I should be exercising. It's good for my heart, right? I think yeah. we get that. But the leap is to say, I had no clue that lifting weights and, you know, running or cycling would really make me mentally sharper. Are you kidding? I mean, that's a new concept. And yeah. I think it's really powerful. That's huge. Another thing that's extremely new concept, um, and I think is like at the very beginning of about, in my opinion, I think it's at the very beginning of becoming the next yoga, right? Which is meditation. And I know that yeah. that's something you're a fan of. And, and I am new to it. I would say six months in, pretty decent at, at staying on an everyday schedule. But it's something that like literally every high achiever that I've talked to, that I've had on the podcast, that I read about, it's you hear about meditation over and over and over again. And I, I started to try to explore like the scientific reasons why or the medical reasons why meditation works. But can you tell like can you tell me some of that? Like why why is it that it works so well? Because I think people look at it still okay. as like a little bit so of a here's hippie, how I look at it. Like, and I, I don't think stress is bad for you because stress gives us purpose and challenge. So we want to be stressed. You want to be a champion. You want to succeed. Yeah. But if you don't manage your stress, then you feel stressed. And here's what happens. If you're constantly under stress and you do nothing such as meditation to manage it, you tend to feel stressed out. Your cortisol levels go up. And cortisol is the hormone that helps us to deal with acute stress, like a lion chasing us. But it's not supposed to be up all the time. And if it is up all the time, we lose bone mass. We lose muscle mass. We gain, fat, we gain fat around our waistline, that tire around your waistline. Your muscles are shrinking. Your blood sugar goes up. You get pre-diabetic. Your blood pressure goes up. You get heart disease. But it literally shrinks your brain. <laughs> Honestly, the hippocampus, the memory center of your brain, shrinks yeah. if you have high cortisol levels. So it's essential for all aspects of your health to take steps to manage your stress every day and have a proactive plan to do that. And it doesn't take that much time. It's amazing that 10 minutes of effective meditation makes a big difference in quality of life and brain function and heart disease and all those things. It's so cool, man. It's something, like I said, it's another thing that I just think is looked at kind of as like a little out there or like hippie or maybe it's Buddhist or maybe it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think... Two guys saying to each other, oh, you wuss, you're going to go meditate, are you kidding? Well, yeah, I want better performance, dude. Yeah. I want to be sharp. I want to be... I want to be focused. Absolutely. I mean, in my patients, I test that. And in people who don't know how to meditate, they're not as focused. They make more errors 
they're not as productive. They don't get as much work done. Yeah. And I think there's now new studies out now showing when you take people like professional executives, entrepreneurs, and you have them meditate and they get good at it and they do it for 10 minutes a day, they honestly are more productive. They get more work done. They're more focused and it improves their personal lives as well. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, what about like the worst, some of the key, like, worse once again i know you get into it in the book and and but what are some of the key terrible things the worst things the worst uh toxins that have an impact on the brain well, like the big red flag tobacco i mean here's this misconception that tobacco improves your brain function it does actually help you focus yeah. so you can pay more attention when you have nicotine but the irony is it impacts your brain function and so you can't solve problems so you can pay attention to something but you couldn't actually get the problem solved it slows your brain processing speed down it's literally like someone gives you a slower computer yeah um so tobacco's one excess alcohol you know yes if you have a glass of red wine with dinner i can say that's good for your brain but if you're having three four five or more drinks a day are you kidding yeah that's that's like being pickled it's not (laughs) helping yeah (laughs) um but there's some surprise so those are kind of and pesticides we know that pesticides are bad but most people don't realize if they have high level of pesticides from eating like processed food you know, processed meats that are really high in pesticides, their risk of memory loss is 300% higher than someone who doesn't have those. Yep, yep. 300% is a lot. Yeah, it's a whole lot. (laughs) So it's eating clean. It's like, how do I cut out the chemicals out there? And it, it really means getting away from processed food. Yeah. So it's eating real food again, stuff that didn't come in a plastic wrapper or a can or a package. Yeah. Oh, man. And it usually tastes better anyway. I mean, I'm a doctor, I'm a nutritionist, but I'm also a trained chef. I, years ago, went back to chef school to make so I could make sure the recipes in my books were delicious, easy to prepare, and good for us. Yep. And I would, you know, real food tastes better than this processed stuff anyway. It does. I think the biggest problem is like, um, you know, it, it seems so intimidating to find the right food, you know, where do you get it? How do you prepare it? You know, I think that that's all like the biggest hump is it's so easy to go get a cheeseburger. Um, and it's just so, it seems so daunting to try to change your diet to, you know, to eating clean. But that's the whole point of the better brain solution. How do you make it easy? Yeah. What, you know, so like I've got a free gift that I like to give people. It's my better shopping guide. What are the 12 foods you need to buy every week when you go to the store so you have them for the week? And what are the 12 toxic foods you've absolutely got to avoid? Because it's crazy to eat them. But people do all the time. So 12 foods to add, 12 foods to avoid. Go shopping once a week. Buy them. I mean, it's not that hard. It's actually easy. And you feel so much better. But it's giving people those kind of tools. That's what people need are simple tools they could use like that, like just a practical shopping guide that could change their way of life. Yeah, 100%. Um, what about like, through, wait, my other question was, did you go, you went and learned how to be a chef to help your books and your recipes and that stuff? I mean, yeah. you, you took the time to go, that's crazy, I'd already man. written one book. I was writing a second book. 
And I was doing those group visits I talked about with 20 people at a time. Yeah. And I used to give these people all this information about grams of fat and carbohydrates and nutrients and vitamins and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And one day, one of the women said to me, Dr. Masley, she took me by the hand, you know, like a grandmother. Yeah. And she goes, if you'll just give me recipes that are easy to make, they taste good, and I can find the ingredients in my grocery store, um, that's all I'll cook. My husband and I will just, that's all we'll eat. <laughs> just give us the recipes. Yeah. And I realized, yeah. I don't have enough recipes. <laughs> She's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to change lives, I've got to make the, I've got to give people like, and so in the book I give, you know, in a restaurant, what food do you order? <clears throat> How do you order in a restaurant? Yeah. It's not that hard, but there's, t- <clears throat> it's a, t- it's a trick. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to the grocery store, what food do you buy? And when you bring it home, how do you actually make it taste? How do you make it so you can make it, you're efficient, you, you, get your, you can make a meal in 15, 20 minutes that tastes good, people love it, and it's good for you. Yeah. How do you make that easy? That's what this, to me, is all about. And yes, I went to the crazy extent, while working full-time as a doctor, I on top of that, I went back to chef school for a year. I mean, I did... Three eight-hour shifts, three days a week in the, at night in the evenings, yep. and then I worked like a twelve-hour shift uh, every other every other weekend. Jesus, what do you think like drives <laughs> you to work so hard? Is it the is it the gratification that you get from just helping people? I it just seemed like I had to do this. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. like, <clears throat> what is it going to take to bring something to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't make it easy, they're not you could give them all the best advice, but if you don't make it so it's simple to do, they're not going to be able to follow it. Yep. It's just cool. And it works. The amount of work, <laughs> yeah, the amazing amount, thing. The amount of hours have, you put in is just And insane. now on my 6th book with the Better Brain Solution, they all have recipes. And yeah, this last I think my last recipes in the better are the best recipes I've ever had. Would you say so like these... over time I'm getting better at it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the goal. Still hope Did... for me. <laughs> Did you um, like when you write these books, this one in particular? Like, did it affect you? Like, was there anything in the process of kind of doing the research or writing it that changed how you live? Uh, I think I've always eaten pretty well, but I mean, I read over fifteen hundred articles on food and nutrients. Yep. Yep. And so doing all the re so I'm a I like before I just go out and say something, I like to make sure what I'm saying is accurate because I have people who I have people who listen to me, so I don't want to just make yeah, stuff yeah, up. Yeah, and then I realize, oh, that was dumb. <laughs> so I'm cautious about what I say now. So, so one, yes, it changed some of the foods I eat. I became more aware that there's some things I should have more of, and some things I need to have less of. Yeah. Um, I certainly eat less junk, you know, sugar, having written this book. Before, I thought of it as an occasional treat, and I'm more cautious about that now. Yeah. I still have fun. Sometimes I just want to go out and have fun and not think about it. But I mostly think of, okay, you know, 25 days a month or more, what do I, I want to be, I want to be at my best. So what do I need to do? But the meditation part, I think, actually, I took more to heart, because I realized that's, that if anything I was neglecting, it was that part. And I've paid more attention to making sure that becomes part of my life every day yep. so it optimizes my performance. Yep, yep. 
Yeah. And my wife probably appreciates that too, because I'm probably easier to live with yeah. if I actually do some it's meditation so every and day. I, I just don't know why it's so hard. It's so hard to take that 10 minutes. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why it is. And people always say, like, the harder it is, those are the days when you actually need it the most. Um, well, I, I think I've got a clue from seeing my patients. Let yeah, me try sharing please. this. Yes. So I, when I, I now, on all my patients, just like I weigh them and do a blood pressure, you expect if you go to the doctor's office, they're going to check your weight and check your blood pressure, right? Yeah. So I also make them do a two-minute meditation test. Yeah. And I hook them up to an app that I have in the office now. It's kind of a cool app called HeartMath. And I measure, are they calm? Can oh, they no. get, when they, you're... And it's only two minutes. It's not that hard to try for two minutes. So for two minutes, I say, you have to get calm and relaxed, and we're going to measure how relaxed you are by measuring heart, your heart mass, your heart rate beat-to-beat variability. It, yep. And we can tell if you're green, relaxed, or red, agitated. And the people who are green, is like, oh, that was easy. I felt really good. And um, Thank you for giving me two minutes of calm. Yeah. And the people who aren't good at it, they just get frustrated. They're agitated trying to relax, and they don't know how. So the app actually shows you, it color codes it, are you agitated or relaxed? And if you're sitting there and it's red, the dial's red, I think, okay, try some, think of something else. Maybe they think about the, I say, relax and think about something calm and be gratitude. They think about the beach, but they don't like the beach. They don't like the sand. (laughs) They don't like the seagulls. There's nothing relaxing about that. But that... So it's trying to learn what, how do you get relaxed and are relaxed, and it tells you, okay, you've turned green, okay, do that more often. Yeah. So it's a feedback tool to make it more effective and easier to do. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't really realize there was any way to kind of measure it, you know? Well, now there is. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. again another tool people can use to be effective. So that's kind of really just one more thing. If You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you have to... Add healthy food, add nutrients, be active, manage your stress. You can't just say to someone, go manage your stress and meditate. Yeah. Most people can't do it. You have to give them a tool to make it doable and effective. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's um, what the Better Brain Solution is all about. So cool. What, um, okay, let's get into like, I know you have some sort of like actionable things, right, that people can do. And like I said, that's what I'm big on is like, I want, I want people to hopefully be able to turn off this podcast and instantly go do a couple little things to maybe start to feel a shift. Um, okay. What What would be your advice on that? Like even me, I, I'm even listening to this and I'm like, man, this like I need to obviously a read the book and b really start to apply some of this stuff and focus on you know at least for a month or for however long you said that it'll take to sort of see some 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 reaction but 30 days and you would notice a dramatic most people notice a dramatic difference it's in just 30 days it yes. is really that quick and that's what i'm so like for me i need a i need an amount of time to commit to right like so if i commit to 30 days i can do that and then if i see the shift obviously i'll continue doing it but what would be some of the easy go to what do we do right now to make a difference? So first, I would have people take a simple quiz, one-minute quiz, and it's free. A quiz they could take for free, yep. um, and I offer it on my website. They can take the quiz, and they get an idea. Do they show any sign of cognitive dysfunction now? Yep. And no matter what your age, and no matter what your score, the good news is that you can improve your brain function, but at least it gives you an idea of 
How am I doing? Am I as productive and efficient as I should be? And then two, with that, I think the most important thing, as I said before, was food. So with that free quiz, you get the free Better Brain um, shopping guide. What foods, the next time you go to the store, I want you to take this, go to the store, shop for a week, buy some food on the list, and avoid the stuff that it says toxic. Don't eat. (laughs) Try that. And I would actually say if you do that for just one week, you're already going to feel sick. Even if you don't do the other, that's one of the five steps. But um, you get much more benefit if you do them together. But just doing that one step for a week, and you should really see a dramatic improvement in one week from doing that. That'd be the difference between your your car gas is full of dirt, you empty the gas tank, you fill it up with clean gas, and see how much better the car runs. I mean, it would be pretty dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how good! What's what's the um, what's the web address that they go to to find both of those things? So drmasley.com, D-R-M-A-S-L-E-Y.com. Perfect. They go there. They'll see the you know it's right right there. It says take the quiz, and if you take the quiz as a free bonus, you get the Better Brain Shopping Guide to go with it. And I did I do appreciate you saying and get the book because the book is like awesome. It's got great recipes and it's got tons of helpful practical tools to make it easy to transform your life. So everybody, if you have a brain, you need the book. Yeah, well, guess what? I mean, what? after all, guess who would want a better, sharper, more productive brain? It's so true. And like I said, man, even, you know, I, even me with sort of the, you know, I've been doing this for a long time uh, as far as running a business and working hard and all this stuff, but that is definitely my biggest shortcoming is in all of these aspects. And even just from talking to you for an hour, I'm like, man, I'm really slacking. Like this is something, if it's that easy to notice a big change in my entire life, which I know it is, I know how important it is on the little times that I go on like healthier runs than not, you notice the difference. Um, and I think that, you know, just knowing that it's out there and it's that easy to make such a big impact on everything you do is really it's just huge, you know. I got I got to focus. And even even you know, and it's the you know, you said it's the it's the holidays. If you have people besides yourself you're worried about, then maybe do this for them. Yep. If you got someone you're worried about, I would say if you got someone who's depressed or low energy or their health isn't that great, heck, why not help them have a better brain? Help them transform their lives. Do it with them. I mean, it's really fun to do this with somebody you love. Yep. Take a loved one, a relative, a friend, someone who needs your help, and do it with them together, join together. Not only can you help yourself, but you could transform someone's life for the better, and that's just so meaningful. Yeah, 100%. What, um, what else? Anything else that, that's going on um, other than the big book release? I mean, you also do – you publish like a, a – Blog, you do you do a blog entry uh, blogs I do on your a website. Blog. Right? I try to do health tips. You know what kind of things could you do? Yeah. What you know? Four things could you do to look, decrease your chance for cancer? What could you do? You know, Valentine's Day. My blog will be on how to improve your romantic function, your yeah. sexual function on <laughs> Valentine's Day. With you know, choose food that's going to be good for your romantic function and yeah. taste great. Yeah. Not food that's going to ruin your night. I mean, you know, it's. Tips like that that yep. I think brain productivity, romantic function. I try to write a variety of materials, yep. but really my biggest focus is on right now is on brain health, productivity, 
and just feeling fantastic. Yep. And anything else that people should, um, anywhere else to find you? Or to, is it just the website is where you put all your, I mean, the majority of your stuff? Um, well, the book's available wherever books are sold. But yeah. I mean, if you go to drmousley.com, the website, there's a ton of tools and blogs and helpful information there for any age. Awesome. A um, couple more. My big questions are, you know, I, I love these ones, is like sort of you've done so so much. You've worked so hard, um, really with the goal of helping people. My question, and I ask everyone this, but I'm really curious on yours, is like, what do you see as like the end goal for Dr. Masley? Like the end sort of legacy or the end, like what is it that, or do you, do you even think that way? Or do you just kind of... No, I do. Absolutely. I want to transform lives. I yeah. want to change it's not so much our healthcare system. I'm I'm less concerned about the hospitals and all that. I'm much more concerned about like your listeners out there today. I want them to be aware of what's available to them to live an optimal life, to feel fantastic, to have more energy they can imagine, to look and feel great, to have excellent productivity. I want to help transform people's lives and I want to reach as many people as I can. Yep. So I would ask your listeners, share this message. Yep. Don't just listen and click off and go away. Please share this with other people too. Yep. Share your podcast with other people. Send it out to friends, family. To me, I want to make it transform the way we think. And it's a movement. So we need more people to get involved and more people to participate if we're going to change the society in which we live. Yeah. I'm not going to hold out and wait for the hospitals and doctors and medical system to do it, but we can do that ourselves. It's yeah. our turn. It's our time. That's so cool. I'm going to, I, you know what else I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a bunch of copies of the book and give them out to some of the listeners. Cause I do think this is the type of book that like, you'll just feel good about sharing, you know? It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. This is my big one. If you could go back to 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 young Dr. Masley, I'd say like around the time frame of, I just love the time frame of riding your bike to the hospital and putting a stitch or two in a stranger. You know, you're, <laughs> you know, you're just a young, curious guy. And after everything now that you know that you've been through, that you've learned, what would you tell um, young Stephen to sort of just give him any little gem that you could or any, you know what I mean, to make life a little easier? I would, uh, so there's been many times I had doubts I was on the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Like, why was I being rebellious? Why didn't I just do what everyone told me to? <laughs> why didn't I just follow the leader? Yep. I would have kind of tried to give young Stephen some glimpse of his future and given him more confidence to be unique, special, and to step outside the box and do things differently yeah. and to be inspirational and really and focus on how can you transform lives for other people. But realizing you can't follow the leader and do that. You're going to have to be different. And it can be fun. It doesn't have to be painful. Yeah. You know, I don't mean go out and be a criminal, <laughs> do illegal things. Yeah. But I definitely mean think outside the box. Don't hesitate to try something new and different. And it's, sometimes it's going to be a flop and just move on and um, have the confidence to know that you're going to persevere and you're going to make a huge difference in your life if you live that way. Oh, that's so cool. So cool, man. You're, you're so inspiring. That's, I will say from the whole story and from everything, that's the part that really inspires me the most is that you 
in a in a place like the medical field where it seems like everything's kind of by the book and you kind of go with the the program you really took that early childhood instinct and built it into an entire career path that's changing people's lives it's that's just so cool you know that confidence to do that is very cool well, I didn't have the confidence early on, but yes, it's come over time. Yeah. So thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I appreciate the chance to share my message. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to help people have a better brain. Yeah. I mean, how do we really improve our life now and for decades to come? And I'm, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. So cool. Well, thank you so much for making this happen. Um, anything I missed? Any, any, anything to call out? Anything I'm missing? I think the biggest one, Mm -hmm. the only thing I I think I want to emphasize is that our normal tendency as a human is to procrastinate, to wait something goes bad and then try to fix it. But that's a really bad plan with your brain because with your brain, it can literally be shrinking for years. You're shrinking your brain. You're losing productivity and you don't even notice it at first. And it's such a slow process, you can lose a lot of function, a lot of the benefit and quality of life, and not be aware of it. So don't wait until you say, oh, I'm really forgetful, and I'm having problems, or I'm depressed. If you are, then take action, please. But don't wait for that. Take the opportunity today to say, I want to optimize my life. I want to feel fantastic, and I'm ready to take... Five easy steps starting today to have a better brain. So cool. Doctor, thank you so much for doing this. This was incredible. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. And everyone listening. Absolutely. All right, well, we'll talk soon. I'm going to check in in 30 days, and I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. Because I'm committed. (laughs) Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, talk soon. And there you have it, my friends. Thank you. I hope you liked it. I hope you get inspired. New year, new us. A little bit healthier. I'm working on it too. This is the hardest part for me, I think, uh, is the actual like eating and sort of basic health things. I don't know why. It's just hard. And I love cheeseburgers and pizza. But hopefully we can all be a little bit better. Uh, newsletter, drama newsletter, ynr.la slash drama. Type that in. Put in your email. And subscribe. I'm putting all the books I'm reading, all the documentaries, good, bad, letting you know everything that I'm learning so that we can all learn it together and be better together in 2018. Also, go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash drama drama. Subscribe. Uh, I'm putting up the videos from the pods. I'm putting up the videos of my new show called Group Chat with my business partner, Dean Murthy. Um, and go to youngandreckless.com. Use the promo code SSL for 40% off. Leave me some good feedback on the iTunes store while you're at it. Thank you, guys. I'll be back next week.